This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to be nation. Welcome back to another episode of Extreme Resurrection. I'm James Gruenberg, alongside with me, Steve Riddle. Steve, how are you doing tonight? I am doing good. Glad to be back uh, for another round here as we continue our trek through 2007 ECW. Yeah, we are uh, fully into 2007 uh, because the last time um, we had the last 2006 episode, and then we had the first episode of 2007, but now we're fully on board with 2007. Steve, I wanted to bring up two things um, last week. On, on ECW last week, Brad Armstrong was doing color commentary with Joey Styles and Taz. <laughs> Do you remember Brad Armstrong being on ECW? I had no uh, no recollection of that. I remember when I saw that, I was like, "Oh wow!" Because uh, and then I remember reading up on it. I guess uh, he was like working backstage with them at the time, and they kind of they wanted to bring him in for some, uh, I guess, for a trial to see if he could work as a commentator. Um, I mean, it was like you know worth a shot. He's you know obviously very uh, you know he's a longtime veteran, comes from a great wrestling family, very knowledgeable. So you know why not give it a shot? Yeah, I forgot that there were um, that there were four. Um, four Armstrong brothers because I, I only remember um, Road Dog is Brian Armstrong, Steve Armstrong, and Brad. But also, there's the ECW referee Scott Armstrong. So there are four Armstrong brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also, um, last like the, that last week of uh, January second, two thousand seven. Well, um, when we did the ECW show, do you remember what Raw had that Monday night for what they were promoting? For the was it the the night before or the the upcoming week? No, no, no. It was the it was um it was before the first uh, ECW of two thousand seven. Raw had the January the January first uh, Monday Night Raw. We had the January second uh, ECW. Do you remember oh, on that show? I believe that was uh, when Kevin Federline wrestled John Cena. <laughs> yeah, and Kevin Federline won due to interference from Umaga. I just wanted to bring that up because I remember just being like, wait a second. <laughs> that Raw was when um, Kevin Federline uh, beat John Cena. So, you know, Raw, Raw kicked off a bit, little bit of a bang in 2007. Mm-hmm. Well, it was funny the um, the raw before the first show we're doing here that January eighth raw. I don't know if you remember that was when they had the whole um, the Donald Trump Rosie O'Donnell match with like the two um, impersonators. Oh my! No, I don't actually. I I I forgot that one too. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, I remember that one was uh, like like everyone hated it. Like it, it was just so so poorly. But that would begin the. Um, Kind of begin the whole um, the Vince and Trump feud actually going into the WrestleMania 23. Co- uh, coincidentally enough, 
Ah, well, we'll see uh, where that leads into as uh, we kick off 2007. So, Steve, tonight we have ECW, January 9th, 2007, from Peora, Illinois. We get a recap of last week's ECW title match between RVD and Bobby Lashley. And as we all know, that ended in a draw when RVD went up and uh, did that, you know, that spinning kick uh, dive onto the announcer's table and the uh, table broke and the referee had stopped that match. So we know tonight that there's going to be the rematch again, RVD versus Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you figured um, that they were probably going to do um, the rematch here after the uh, controversial ending the previous week. Yeah, but we kick off uh, this week's show with CM Punk versus Hardcore Holly. These two have been at each other's uh, throats for a little bit while now. Um, Bob uh, Hardcore Holly got himself disqualified before CM Punk could make him tap the anaconda vice grip. And then CM Punk failed to make Hardcore Holly submit within, was it three minutes? Uh, Yeah, it was three minutes. Mm -hmm. Three minutes, yeah. And failed to get it done. So he gets an Alabama slam for his uh, troubles. Punches and kicks by Punk. A kick to the head to Holly. A power slam by Punk. Punk goes for a shoulder dive, but Holly moves out of the way. Hardcore Holly is just chopping at Punk's chest. A diving leg drop by Hardcore to Punk. A springboard crossbody by Punk. Hardcore Holly slams. Hardcore Holly then slams CM Punk into the ring post. And then, surprisingly, Steve, clean as a whistle. Hardcore Holly gets an Alabama slam in. And pins CM Punk to give CM Punk his first loss in ECW. Steve, I gave this two stars. I could not believe that Hardcore Holly, being a heel and all, didn't cheat to win. And they gave him the clean finish, which I was really impressed by. And surprised, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I went um, I went two stars as well. It's a good, solid little match between these two. Um, that um, that dive that Punk took to the outside was pretty nasty. And like when Hardcore just walked away from it, he hit the floor. Um, that was pretty nasty. Um, yeah, I was um, I was shocked too that um, that I think more shocked for the fact that not only that Holly won, but that he won clean. Um, I'm sure that the um, those on the internet were probably like f- were furious about that decision. Um, and I'm kind of torn because I get that um, they they obviously wanted to end Punk's undefeated streak and not have and kind of you know not keep that going with them, which is fine. But it's like you could have picked a better guy to to have him give him his first loss in Holly. I mean, I know they were feuding, but it just seems like I don't know. Holly just felt like you know so out of you know date by this point. The fact that he's the he's the one that ends Punk's undefeated streak just seems really bizarre, especially since nothing came of it for him. Yeah, so uh, hopefully maybe we will see Hardcore Holly going up against Bobby Lashley, but who really does know, uh, you know? But uh, I thought it was just good that, like, you know, he got the Alabama slam, and it's like, welcome to ECW, kid, you know? And Hardcore <laughs> Holly didn't, was in, uh, 
wasn't putting up with Punk anymore, and uh, he beat him. So then we go backstage. Tess cuts a promo saying he should be getting an ECW title shot. And uh, apparently he was supposed to have a match, but he says, I'm not coming out to the ring because I deserve to be in an ECW title match. So go on without me. So instead of Tess's match, we get Elijah Burke coming out and he makes an open challenge. Out comes the Sandman from the crowd. So Burke basically just throws some punches, but the Sandman Canes, Sandman Canes Burke out of the ring. So we'll see what uh, we'll see what transpires uh, between those two. But um, you know, really good, uh, fun little segment. Elijah Burke making an open challenge, and here comes uh, here comes the Sandman trying to be uh, relevant again to the the ECW on Sci-Fi over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of interesting that um, Burke came out by himself. I think that's um, that kind of you kind of saw the writing on the wall that maybe he and um, Turkai were not much longer um, as a team, and that they wanted to get Burke on, you know, as a solo act. Because I mean, he, he obviously is a good promo, and he can he can go on the ring. And I mean, if you're gonna have him paired with somebody, might as well be um, Sandman, who's gonna you know at least be there to put him over. And uh, going back quickly to that test promo, um, you know, I thought he had a lot of good energy. You know, kind of. You know, poor uh, Mickey Henson there having to take the brunt of his uh, frustrations there about not getting the towel shot. But my God, is he look like he's about to burst out of his skin, just the veins. And it's like, oh, just so he, he's not looking healthy, unfortunately, which is sad considering this push he's getting. It just he just does not look um, does not look well. No, he doesn't. He does not look well. But, uh, you know, so we'll see what happens with uh Test going down, uh, opening up uh, 2007. And now, Steve, well, when when a good ECW kicks off, you know, like we say, you can't always get the best of things. Tommy Dreamer versus Great Khali in Extreme Rules match. When I saw this watching it back and it said Extreme Rules, I was like, wow, you know. Tommy can really go all out with the great colleague, you know? And I think I thought watching again, I was like, oh man, this can be like really, really good. You know, like it's extreme rules are on Tommy's Tommy dreamers playing field. You know, we can bring out all the weapons. Maybe great colleague can still get the win, but, uh, but taking all Tommy dreamers uh, pain from like chair shots and everything. This match blows, Steve. <laughs> Great Kali has his new music though. He's not using uh, the recycled Muhammad Hassan music or he's not using Davari's music anymore. He has a full um full indie um, um melody music. Tommy Dreamer comes out for road sign, but that is no use because Kali just shakes everything off. Massive clothesline by Kali. Kali is just dominating Tommy. Davari takes the uh, takes the real shots to the face uh, with the road sign, but then Kali just slams Tommy and pins him with one foot, not even like a full cover. All he has to do is put his foot on Tommy's chest, and the referee counts it. I went a half a star, Steve. This match was bad. Yeah, I went half a star too. At least we got a 
you know, a payoff to this finally. You know, we've been talking the last couple of episodes, like, you know, are they going to, you know, how long are they going to keep this going before they blow it off? But at least, you know, so we finally got one, especially considering that uh, I mentioned that, you know, the Raw the night before that um, Kali actually is now a Raw superstar because um, he has the Raw graphic and he had debuted um, the night before. So obviously they've got this out of here to, you know, got this here to finally, you know, end this feud. Um. The commentary I thought was interesting because um, Armstrong was almost kind of leaning heel, but saying that Dreamer has more, you know, you know, is, you know, more guts than brains. And, you know, it's stupid for him to go through with this. And, you know, but then they're kind of saying, like, you know, this is, you know, Extreme Rules is the only, you know, advan- you know chance that he would have against Kali. And and like you said, you know, when you see Extreme Rules, you think, OK, you know, maybe they'll you know get a nice little brawl out of it. Tommy will break out all the weapons and you'll see, you know, how much pain Kali can take. But I mean, really, besides, I mean, the roadside was the only weapon that we saw. And the best spot in the match was when Davari took that that uh, roadside shot, um, you know, good on him to take that. But, yeah, it was pretty much just a, you know, a squash to get, you know, Kali over and then, um you know, they do the whole thing after the match, like during the break where Tommy gets, you know, gets to his feet and it's, you know, just, you know, nothing really much there just to kind of finally put an end to this whole situation. And now it'll be interesting to see what happens to Davari uh, now that Kali is on Raw without him. Yeah, I forgot that um, until I saw the uh, the Raw, some, you know, Kali's name under the Raw brand. So, yeah, let's see what else happens to uh, Davari. So it is 2007, and uh, let's see where uh, the let's see where the ECW, I mean, just goes from here, you know. I mean, it's a whole new year. It's a new beginning. It seems like it's going in a good direction. So see if uh, this, uh, this has some magic for ECW this year. Go backstage now. RVD says he cares about ECW and regained the ECW. And tonight it comes home with him. I thought it was a really good promo. You know, Rob Van Dam is still and always has been loyal to ECW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good, uh, you know, focus promo by him. You know, he's saying that, you know, he respects Bobby Lashley, but he has this, he still hasn't forgotten what happened to him last July and he's finally going to become champion again. So uh, good focus um, energy there by, uh, by Van Dam. Yeah. like It's so funny how they say the Philly screw job, you know, Joey Styles still saying that it's like, dude, let it go. But again, <laughs> nobody let go of the Montreal screw job. So it's like it's Rob's fall in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to this, I'm reading this match. It's Kevin Thorne versus Shannon Moore. I'm saying to myself as I watch this match, Steve, they could have given the extra through. Like, I don't even know if this match went three minutes. Hopefully it did or even four they could have given the extra four minutes to Tommy and Greg Kali, but instead they don't, and we get this match. I don't think anybody was asking for this match on ECW, and I think you could have given a little bit more time to Tommy versus Greg Kali if you're doing an Extreme Rules match. Yeah, I, I agree. The, so according to um, History of WWE, the, the, this match um, only went a minute 36 Wow. <laughs> so, no, yes, you could you could have easily cut that off and given it. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, you could easily cut that off and give it to uh, to Kali and Dreamer. I agree. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Basically, all I have is Thorn throws Shannon across the ring and gives Shannon more of the dark kiss, which is like a neck breaker on the top turnbuckle. That's what I got out of it, and I only gave it a half a star. I don't think anybody was asking for this match. Yeah, no, I I give it a quarter star. Just uh, nothing. I mean that um that inverted slam more took out the middle rope. I thought was a nice little spot. Um. And then yeah, that um that dark kiss was just basically just like an um an elevated stunner off the off the top rope. Um yeah, nothing doing here. Just um if anything, it's just an excuse to just show to show off Ariel who's looking uh who's looking incredibly hachi machi on this night. Yes, she is. So now, Steve, it is time for the main event. It is RVD versus Bobby Lashley for the ECW title. And, you know, they were pointing out that um, since they faced off last time that, you know, both competitors know each other's style. So hopefully they study their opponents and understand um, what it takes to beat one another. Shoulder knocked by Lashley. RVD takes down Lashley, a spine buster to RVD. Lashley tosses RVD across the ring. Lashley misses the spear, a leg drop to the outside, a split leg moonsault to Lashley, a windmill kick and rolling thunder by RVD, a belly-to-belly suplex by Bobby. RVD misses the spinning leg dive and hits the table. Lashley spears RVD and is setting him up for the Dominator, but out comes Tess for the DQ. And he basically hits um, RVD with a chair with with the chair. I gave this a uh, star and a quarter, Steve. Thought it was a good match, but um, sort of not a really a lame ending. But now we know that, like, you know, Test is putting that full heel in and he really wants to be ECW champion and have a taste that challenging for the gold. Mm hmm. Um, I actually, uh, I went two and a half. I really liked this match. I thought um, both guys worked hard. Um, I thought their styles actually what meshed really well for two guys that you thought maybe didn't have that chemistry. I thought they built off the week before. Um, the commentary I thought was pretty interesting because um, I think um, while Armstrong has some good insight, I think he you could tell he definitely felt um, a little too um, timid. Um, like he, you know, like he wasn't fully prepared for this. So, you know, I think, um, he was kind of getting lost behind Joey and Taz. And that's why I think, um, next week we don't see him again. Um, but I thought he added some kind of decent insight to this match. Um, you kind of figured that, um, we were going to get a, get a screwy finish, um, based on what, um, on what Tess said earlier in the night, I would have liked to maybe have seen Lashley get a clean pin on RVD to really solidify his, um, uh, title title reign. Um, I don't think it would have hurt RVD at all for him to lose clean here. Um, he's pretty much, you know, not going to be in the title picture anymore. So, you know, he puts Lashley over strong and then you have Tess come out and attack him. Um, but as is, I thought it was still a pretty good match. And again, I thought a good showcase for both guys, um, regardless of the, of the finish. Yeah. Good showcase. Uh, you know, RVD, everyone says it, you know, he is just, really really good with the kicks and that's what rvd does he just kicks and you know if you don't see it coming you're gonna get hit by it 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, Lashley definitely um, sold well for him. So he def so he made you know like I said he made RVD look good, even though um, you knew RVD wasn't going to win the title back. Yeah. So now we have ECW uh, January 16th at the Altel Arena in Little Rock, Little Rock, Arkansas. As mentioned last week, and here she is now, Kelly Kelly returns, says Kelly's expose is coming back and she will not be alone. So who's uh, going to be uh, Kelly's uh, guest for the next week on uh ECW for Kelly's expose. Out comes Mad Striker. And I thought he had some funny lines here, Steve. He said, Kelly is a distraction to edu- to people who want to be educated. And Kelly's expose is not approved curriculum for like for health class, basically. <laughs> yeah, he had some good stuff here. Um yeah, uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, Kelly definitely, um, you know, find the reintroduction to her. The the whole the stuff with Knox is, you know, pretty much thrown out the window by this point because she, you know, says she's, you know, she's single and like you said, she's gonna bring back uh, the expose next week. And, and yes, uh, Stryker just completely shutting her down and schooling her, no pun intended, with those with those uh, insults. Uh, good little uh, pr- uh, stuff there from him. Kind of underrated for for him. Yeah, he calls her pumpkin, and then she go like he he basically is like, just go and do the dishes. <laughs> and then he says, um, "I'm gonna beat up the man who ruined your, who ruined Mike Knox's relationship with you." So he's talking about CM Punk, and that is our first match in CM Punk versus Matt Striker, diving lariat by Punk. I said lots of pin attempts by both stars. CM Punk sends Stryker to the outside. A flying knee and bulldog to Stryker. Uh, lots of um, lots of moves by um, by Matt, Matt Stryker as well. Stryker was really holding his own against Punk. You know, he wasn't just going down to Punk and submitting like that. It was a really good solid match. And then at the end. Kelly Kelly distracts Matt Stryker by uh, taking <laughs> revealing what's under her top, and Punk gets a surprise roll up. I went a star and a half, Steve. I thought it was a good match, and uh, Stryker held his own. Yeah, I definitely agree. I actually went two and a half. I really liked the match. I thought, um, you know, kind of a little hidden gem here for Stryker, who you don't think of as a you know. For his in-ring ability, obviously he's a good talker, but you don't you forget that he is a solid guy in the ring, and obviously Punk is Punk. Um, you know he can you know it's the old proverbial um, he could take a broomstick to three stars, and he you know did a good job here with Striker. I found it interesting that they announced on the commentary that both guys would be a part of the Royal Rumble match, um, but then when we see the graphic for the match later in the night, Striker is nowhere to be found. So <laughs> I, I found that interesting that they mentioned he's going to be in the match when he's not. Um, so I just thought that was kind of weird. Um, and I like, you know, again, you figured um, since, you know, Kelly was at ringside the whole time, you figured she was going to get involved. And yes, yeah, she she shows off her uh, her assets there to strike her to get Punk the win. And I always found it interesting because the whole catalyst of, you know, Knox, Knox and Punk, uh, Kelly's uh, 
you know, breakup was the fact that she had this, you know, infatuation with Punk. But Punk never seemed to reciprocate that that um, that um, attraction. He always seemed very indifferent to it. Um, you know, he never like he like during even the whole feud, they ne- he never really kind of showed interest in her. And and even here, where she helps him wins the match, and he doesn't even like acknowledge her at ringside. You know, she's like celebrating and so happy that he won. And yeah, he doesn't even give her an acknowledgement. It's like at least acknowledge her there. Jeez, it just seems weird. It's like you know, you got Kelly who's got this you know like almost schoolgirl infatuation for punk and he doesn't he could care he barely even notices notices that she's there just seems kind of weird i think cm punk needs to go to acting lessons on how to be a charming young man well <laughs> well anyone knows his real like personality i don't i don't think that would be easy for him because he just seems like a natural asshole yeah so steve we have our really like uh do a real like first debut uh for ecw and wwe we have the alpha male marcus corvon versus cassidy riley steve did you know like that that was i i knew it was monty brown from tna i was surprised i was like what's he doing here like you know, um, he was like with he was uh, with like Jeff Jarrett, like in that whole like feud versus Sting, and then now he's on ECW. And I was hoping that you know WWE really gave him a chance uh, because you know he he looked jacked and like he looked like he was the alpha male. Oh yeah, I I had heard of him. I had I wasn't watching TNA at the time, but I had heard you know heard of him. I heard he was you know. You know, you hear things about that he was, you know, a big name there. He, you know, for a while there, he got like, you know, extremely over to the point that everyone thought he was going to be world champion. And I think he had like one match with Jarrett that he ended up losing. And then he like turned heel and allied with him. And a lot of people said that he lost a lot of momentum. And um, yeah, it was a big deal when they when WWE signed him. I remember they did like a big article about it in WWE.com. Uh, they touched on his previous, you know, past playing football when he was with the Bills and, you know, that he had was a wrestler. They never they didn't mention TNA by name, but they mentioned that he was a top guy, you know, top wrestler. And, you know, this was a big deal because when you talk about um, the guys that jumped from TNA to WWE, he was really the first one. I mean, he was, you know, he'd been there since the beginning in 2002. He'd gr- grown his name there. And now he's, you know, coming here. And, you know, when we talk to guys, you know, later down the line, like AJ and Samoa Joe and Bobby Roode, who jumped ship from TNA to WWE, um, you know, Monty was really the first one. And, and like you said, right off the bat, he looks, you know, looks like a star. You know, he has the charisma. He's got the presence. Uh, the name's kind of interesting. You know, they, I think they kind of, uh, they they spelled the way they spelled his first name made it seem like it was going to be pronounced Marquis or Marquise, um, yeah, but they Marquis. kept calling him, but they kept calling him Marcus um, through. And I think by the next week the name they they changed the first name to Marcus, um, but they you know keep the alpha male uh, nickname. And I thought I loved how they they announced that he was from the animal kingdom, which I thought was was so funny because I think I remember TNA he was usually announced like from the Serengeti, so our. Um, if you listen to our um, our friends over at uh, Highway to the Impact Zone, they'll um, they would uh, know for sure. But um, but yeah, definitely a, a big big time get for them. And uh, putting them on, on ECW, I thought was a good choice because it can give them a chance to really you know 
get it, you know, get his name going and kind of, kind of funny here that the guy's facing here, Cassidy, Riley, Cassidy Riley, another uh, TNA alum here, although he's, he's obviously not on the same level as Corvon. Yeah. I was going to say, I was like, wait a second. Is that the same Cassidy Riley? Like, I mean, I've been, I, I didn't even know. Like, I mean, I've been heard of Cassidy Riley. I was like, wait a second. Is that the same guy that like, everyone talks about now? And also, I think what also uh, gave him the animal kingdom, his, um, his, uh, leopard, uh, I think it's like his like leopard wardrobe, like, you know, like, um, like when he was uh, in TNA, he always had like cheetah outfits, basically. Mm -hmm. So for this one, um, you know, the fans are cheering TNA off the bat. They know who he is. Not a whole lot, but like, you know, everyone knew some people knew that, oh, this is Monty Brown from TNA, a butterfly suplex from Marcus and like he does that three point stance. I think like in TNA he called it the pounce. So he's basically like keeping that. I don't know like if he was allowed to keep that or not. Like if that was uh, a move like from like like that was his own thing or not. But I know he did that in TNA and he's doing it here in WWE. And then he gets him in the armbar submission for the win. I only went a star because it was a squash, but he looked very impressive. Yeah, I went half a star. He, yeah, basic squash. And yeah, that um, that pouncy hit looked really good. And Joey and uh, Taz were marking hard over it. <laughs> Taz was like, oh, that was sweet. What a hit. What a hit. <laughs> I thought that was good. Um, not too, was it too crazy about the finisher that um, that Russian leg sweep into the arm bar? Um, I'm not sure why he didn't just keep the pounce as his finisher. I don't know if that's, excuse me, how long that'll be till he, I think he eventually does go back to, to the pounce as his finisher. But, um, but yeah, like you said, basic, you know, basic stuff to get him over. And then he cuts a quick promo kind of saying that he's, he's here to make an impact and to make a statement. And he's a guy I really want to um, keep track of as we go through 2007, because I think um, when we get closer to like the spring and the summer, um, what ends up happening with ECW, I think he's a guy they really could have used to um, really prop up their main event scene. And um, we'll kind of see it throughout the year, but he's, he's someone I really just want to keep track of. Yeah, me as well. And see uh, where a couple of these guys go along with um, Elijah Burke and a little bit of Sylvester Turkai too. Let's see, uh, you know, which one of those three uh, lasts the longest too, because Elijah Burke, Burke is going to put on performance too uh, with the Sandman tonight. Um, if we didn't mention it before, uh, because now we're going to get a promo from Bobby Lashley, it is a triple threat match tonight for the ECW title. It's Bobby Lashley versus RVD versus Tess. Tess finally gets a chance at Bobby Lashley's gold. However, it is a triple threat match. Bobby Lashley says the odds aren't in his favor, but he will leave the ECW with the ECW title. Short and sweet, you know, but I feel like we keep getting repeats. Oh, I'm going to leave as champion. No, I'm going to leave as the champion. You know, it's staying with me. But we know that not a lot of these guys uh, can cut the have the promo power. So let's keep it short and sweet. Right, Steve? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like you said, he's, you know, he puts over that he, you know, he's, he can't, he can lose the belt without being pinned. And he says, you know, about how he has respect for RVD, but he doesn't have any for test. Um, so yeah, pretty short and sweet. And, um, for Lashley, that's fine. Yeah. 
So now we have Elijah Burke versus the Sandman. This stems from last week when Elijah Burke made an open challenge and then the Sandman started caning Elijah Burke. Instead of Elijah Burking the cane, though, Sandman cane Sylvester. And then a bulldog by the Sandman. Sandman looks like he's going to go up and give Elijah Burke a suplex, but Elijah Burke basically elbows the Sandman off, um, and Sandman falls backwards. This seemed like a weird pin. I don't know. It seems botched as well, but we knew that Elijah was trying to cheat, but he did a bad job at cheating. Uh, he goes to pull, like, he basically is pulling the trunks of uh, Sandman's jeans, but he, like, I guess, like, he slipped, like, you know, like, his, it wasn't where it was supposed to be, you know, like, for the grasp of, like, the trunks. And Elijah Berg ends up getting the win. I went a half a star here, Steve. Yeah, I went a quarter star. It was, um, you know, not much. Um, uh, Turk High took a nice little cane shot there from Sandman, so uh, props to him. But um, it's weird because at one point Sandman's, like, you know, grabbing onto his ribs, and I don't know if he's, like, you know, just doing a really good job selling it or if he looks like he's legitimately hurt because it looked like – um. You know, he's he's because he's at one point struggling to get up to the top rope. And then when he, um, you know, he gets shoved off, you know, it, it just seemed like they went right to the finish. It just seems kind of a kind of a weird uh, ending. And again, I don't know if um, Sammy was like legitimately hurt or if he was just, you know, really good, good at selling it. But, um, yeah, just nothing, nothing doing here just to give um, give Burke a win. Yep. So now um, before we get to the main event. We have a promo from Kevin Thorne and Ariel. There's one rose petal and 29 other black rose petals. The black rose petals will fall, and Kevin Thorne is that red rose petal that will survive in the 30-man Royal Rumble. Good luck with that one, pal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fine stuff again. Ariel looking really hot, but I mean, did anybody literally le- legitimately think this guy had a shot to win the Royal Rumble? I mean, it was called the most star-studded Rumble in history, and he's probably number thirty on that list. Like he's not a star on that Rumble, you know? He's at the way, way bottom. Maybe, maybe they had a heat segment where it was Stryker versus. Uh, um, Kevin Thorne to see who they wanted really on the Royal Rumble uh, card match. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah he's definitely um on the on the short list of uh long shots. He's probably the got the if you're if you were gambling in Vegas, he's probably like the one of you know fifty thousand odds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't scripted, it's like maybe Kevin Thorne can win. <laughs> But now we do have our main event. It is Tess versus RVD versus Lashley, a triple threat match for the ECW title. Lashley and, Lashley and Tess start brawling outside, so these two are just going at it from uh, from like transpiring into last week. But uh, really good uh, punches thrown by both men, like good brawling, Steve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But you can tell right off the bat that um already RVD feels like just the third guy in the match. Yeah, that like you know he's gonna be in the on the out soon, and um it's gonna like go it's gonna like switch over to Tess being the bad guy for uh, Lashley's title. 
uh, RVD kicks Lashley in the face. Um, Tess throws RVD to the outside. The spinning leg dive to Tess. So Lashley and RVD. Uh, so Tess on the outside. Lashley and RVD start where they left off, you know. Tess gets knocked to the outside again. And then we're back from a commercial. When we return from commercial, Tess is beating on both Lashley and RVD. So strong beat, strong beatings uh, to Tess and RVD from, I mean, from to Lashley and to, uh, um, RVD from Tess. A huge clothesline to RVD. All three are trying to, all three are really trying to pin one another, like to become the ECW title, but everyone keeps on kicking out. RVD tries to go for a split-legged moonsault, but gets pushed off the top rope to the barricade, to uh, the barricade, basically. Multiple kicks by RVD to Tess and Lashley. I'll say that uh, push from the top rope to the top turnbuckle to the outside by Tess and RVD looked really, really insane. Mm-hmm. Then we get multiple kicks by RVD to Tess and Lashley. A huge diving elbow by Tess to Lashley. But Lashley kicks out. A double rolling thunder by RVD. The five-star frog splash to Tess, but Tess rolls out to the outside. So RVD cannot get the pin. A spear RVD and the dominator by Lashley. So RVD takes the pin. And Lashley retains the title. However, Tess takes the title and hits Lashley with it. I went a star in three quarters, Steve, on it. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I went um, two and a half on it. It was, I thought all the three guys, um, they all looked really good. Um, you know, like like I said, um, even though RVD was definitely the third man in the match and the, a lot of the focus was on Lashley and Tess, um, I thought he looked um, really solid with his offense. Um, I really, I love the double rolling thunder on both of them. I thought that was a good little spot. Um, but like I said, um, honestly, being the third man, he was going to be the one to take the pin because they wanted to keep Tess strong. So he does get the, like you said, the five star off, but then uh, Tess rolls out of the ring and that allows uh, Lashley to hit the spear and then the power slam for the win. And then, um, like you said, then Tess, you know, kind of seals the belt away for a bit and then he hits Lashley in the head with this. So clearly setting up, uh, setting those two up for the, uh, to be the big feud here going into the rumble. So, um, good little, good, solid triple threats. Um, and I mean, back to back weeks now of, um, really good main events to, um, to carry these shows. Yeah. So, I mean, really good main events, um, the mid card is getting a little bit better, but it's time to like, like you said, great colleague going to raw. It sounds like, you know, like to rebuild some of the guys and, uh, reshuffle the deck to see what kind of mid card feuds we can get for those who are not competing in the main event for the ECW title. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you can see, um, like punk starting to get, you know, more elevated and we got, you know, Corvan coming in now as a new first race. And it looks like Burke's going to get, you know, a bit of a push, um, striker thorn. So you can see the, um, the outline really of where they want to go, um, for this mid card as they kind of started to maybe kind of shy away a bit from the, uh, from the old guard. Cause they, you know, it's like, you know, Sandman's, you know, jobbing quickly to Burke and, you know, dreamer job, the Kali, and there's no Sabu. There's no like balls Mahoney. A lot of those, like, 
old like ECW guys that you know came in and when the brand relaunched are kind of slowly being phased down. We're seeing this, you know, young, you know, young blood start coming in and kind of filling up those uh shoring up the mid card here of uh of ECW. And you can actually and with that you can actually tell that uh you know the old guard left with Paul Heyman basically leaving as well. So this is definitely a step up to uh Vince and his uh writing his group of writers writing for ECW as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It'll be interesting to see what um how the, the weeks play out as we go um into and past the rumble and especially going into uh WrestleMania because you figure they're probably gonna do something big for the for the brand for uh for the big show of the year. Yeah, let's see uh where everything where everything goes. Uh it's looking a uh, good strong start. Well, that's going to do it for us on uh, Extreme Resurrection. But before we go, Steve, do you have anything that you want to plug for the Place to Be listeners? Yeah, so you can usually find me over on the uh, on the PTB Pop Experience. Um, I have a few shows over there. Um, Pop Goes the Classics, where myself, Andy Atherton, and Miranda Berthold are going through all the Disney animated films. A little bit of a hiatus right now, but we hope to be back um, within this next month here as we get to the back half of the Disney renaissance with some interesting films coming up. Um, I also have Making Mount Rushmore, where me and a group of people come on and we go through a um, – we make our own Mount Rushmores of different variant topics. Um Lots of fun there. And then also we have the uh, the PTB video jukebox song of the day where every Monday through Friday um, you get one one person, usually myself, uh, Andy, uh, John Kisalika, Scott Criscolo, and a couple of others to come on. And we basically just watch a random music video and talk about it. Um, it's been a lot of fun. We're about um, a little over 60, um, 60 days into this. It's been going really strong. And we look forward to seeing um, that continue on. So other than that um, – you can usually find me also on the uh, PTP uh, Facebook page. Lots of great uh, discussions going on over there. Our, our current uh, tournament is going on where we are determining the greatest animated film of all time. Uh, depending on when this drops, we should be either um, in deep into round two or wrapping up round two and going into round three. Uh, lots of great matches coming up. Lots of big names still, um, still up in the air. Um, there have been not too many upsets. There's been a few though that have uh, that have made me want to uh, put my fist through the wall. But um, that's what makes these um, these tournaments a lot of fun because it generates a lot of good discussions with everybody. So be sure to um, if you're a member of the Facebook page um, to get in there and vote. I'm just gonna say it now, see, because I'm a little bit annoyed about it. I can't believe the Simpsons movie lost to um, lost to Frozen. <laughs> Uh, that's doesn't surprise. I'm not surprised about that. As much as I like the Simpsons movie, that wasn't that wasn't. I was more. I actually was more upset that um, Brave got got knocked off by ants in the first in the first round. Oh, good God! You got voted yeah. Brave. I was like, ants. It's just a ripoff of a Bug's Life. Come on. <laughs> I actually saw ants in the theater. I was like, "This is stupid." <laughs> yeah, I, I'd never. I haven't seen it. I mean, I've heard it's okay, but it should not. I think. I mean, Brave is like one of the most underrated films Pixar has ever done. That should have at least gotten to the second round. Yeah. Well, nothing for nothing for me on the other uh, podcast, but uh, you know, hopefully, I'll get a. Uh, I get some stuff in with, uh, you know, the North South feed and, uh, you know, I'll be back on, uh, Beverly Hills, uh, 9021, 
uh, No Cell um, that has its own uh, channel where they cover where Justin and Tim cover all the Beverly Hills 90210 episodes. They're into they're off and running on season two. So hopefully uh, and I'll get back on get back on there and, uh, you know, cruise with uh, cruise with them on Beverly Hills 90210. So from from Steve Riddle, I'm James Gruenberg. This is Extreme Resurrection, and we will see you next time.